This is At Risk Radio. Welcome to At Risk Radio. At Risk Radio is a show where we talk about leadership in the church at risk. My name is Mark Stafford, and I'm the host of the show. I'm here with David Witt. David Witt is the CEO of SOM International and the author of the new book, God's Global Grace Movement, Hope Rising from an Awakening in India. Now, if you've been following the show over the last few weeks, we've had several different things happening. Several weeks ago, we started talking about David's book. And we took a break and we talked with Sudish. Sudish is a leader in the North African church. And we heard from him what's happening is he is training up church planters to go out into North Africa and take care of congregations there. And then we took a week to talk about the Religious Liberties Partnership. David had the opportunity to go to uh, Poland and to meet with leaders of various organizations there, as well as some leaders within the Ukrainian church. And they talked about how religious liberties are being restricted and how they're trying to loosen some of those restrictions. Well, now we're back to his book. And David, this next part of the book, we're talking about organic church meetings. Now, these are meetings where they're incorporating the four W's, welcome, worship, the word, and witness. Tell us a little bit about what's happening in a church meeting there in India. Yeah, what our Indian brothers and sisters found out and just started even doing because by the Holy Spirit um, was what they call four W's that you see in the book of Acts. But when we see revival through history and, and God working in lives, these four W's are active. And it's just an easy way to summarize God's work in the community of people. And the, the it's, it's welcome, worship, word and witness so again okay. welcome worship word and witness and uh, so those those are the things that it really exemplifies a church gathering a gathering of the community of messiah of people who have been touched by god's love and now loving each other and so let's start with the welcome the first thing um, that the believers there in india do in a just organic church and this is House churches mostly, just so our right. listening audience realize. I mean, in America, we think of a church, we think of a building organization. Over there, they think of the right. congregation of the people. In Hinduism, they these are mostly outcasts. They, the people are outcasts you never touch. They literally believe don't let the shadow pass an outcast because then you'll be cursed. Uh, so these people uh, lack affection and fondness, and uh, you know they 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 live in difficult lives of toil because they're impoverished. So you can imagine what the welcome means to the outcasts are now in cast. They're, right. they're VIP guests. And so the host of the home will uh, give, be very gentle, loving with them, uh, will offer them whatever they have. That even if it's if they have a chair, they offer a chair. If they they only have water, they offer them water. But they offer them you know food if there's any available. I mean sometimes it's very meager and humble. But whatever they, they learn, whatever they have, they 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 share, and so God multiplies it. And uh, and so the outcasts for the first time in their lives are able to experience this community of people who love each other, who share lives, are doing life together. Right. Uh, and and, and wow. you know that exemplifies ultimately. We see starting the Old Testament laws. It's in the law of God, it tells the prophets that we should welcome foreigners and strangers. And Jesus taught yeah. us to welcome sinners and the broken and the hurting. Uh, so you see that pattern already in Christ and how Christ, again, he, he welcomed everybody that came down his path if their hearts were humble uh, towards sure. the word of God. So the, the second then uh, W is worship. And when they come together, after they've welcomed each other and, you know, had some sweet fellowship, 
They'll begin to worship together. Now, this is a worship that the American church usually thinks about because, Mark, they don't have instruments. They don't have the money to get instruments. They don't have a keyboard. They don't have sound systems. So this worship is very rudimentary. It's they sing songs. Uh, they'll sometimes have a little percussion. They'll just grab a you know a little can or something, a little percussion maybe sometimes. But the worship is also made up of prayers, reading scripture, sharing testimonies. Because mm-hmm. uh, as the scripture tells us, that worship is anything that shows that God is worthy of praise and worship of our life, and that He is the one behind all good and all things. And so right. it's just beautiful, organic worship that happens. And again, in Hinduism, it's very uh, rote. It's very, um, you know, plotted out by the priest who tells you all these things to do. And it's not about relationship with each other necessarily. For, and for sure, not the God who's these gods are very scary and far apart and demand sacrifice. Um, and right. so this is a brand new experience of worship for these Indians. And so they go through a time of worship. And then, and then there's the word. And mm-hmm. the word, obviously, it's the word of God uh, they, that the Lord gave us. The word is a gift. It's a path to our feet. Uh, it, it's ultimately the the from Genesis to Revelation is a consistent story about Jesus, as we've talked right. about. Um, and the elders uh, uh, of each fellowship teach the word in a style that the congregation can learn the passage during the service and immediately share it with others. And what that mm-hmm. looks like, Mark, is that most of the you know the outcasts we're working with are very low educated um, to non-literate or definitely preferred oral, so it's hard for them to read. Plus, just mm-hmm. the expense of getting a Bible, and they just don't have Bibles they can't read. So it's very typical in a house church of twenty that there might be only one or two people that could actually read. So what do you wow. do that in that environment? How do you make disciples who make disciples? Because God right. told everyone to make disciples, not just the pastors, church leaders. Huh. So they 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 do it. We teach a way at oral inductive Bible uh, study, which is something you and I have talked about in some other podcast, and right. um, and they do it in a way that they learn the, the scripture. So that they can learn in their heart and then immediately begin to think about what it means. And uh, immediately afterwards, they could go share with their neighbors. Okay, an oral inductive yeah. Bible study. That might be a foreign term to our listeners. I've seen this done before. And usually it involves telling a Bible story from memory and asking some questions about it. Can you explain a little bit more to our listeners what an oral inductive Bible study is? Yeah, so usually, depending on the time, they're going to take five to ten verses okay. of a passage so it's not extremely long mm-hmm. and then they'll say it out loud to the, the 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 people they'll have each other then turn to each other and repeat as much as they remember and um, then the leader will have them do it together well he'll lead them through the story okay. uh, helping them you know, fill in all the blanks so they have they've heard it three times now and then they'll begin to take one section at a time of the passage and then ask questions, inductive stories about like what choices were made by the characters. What choices did God or Jesus make or the Holy Spirit right. uh, uh, by what He said or did? What by what other choices could they have made? Um, what they learned by the choice by the choice they made, and then what was the result? And so it gets all the believers talking with one another and discovering the Holy Spirit's in them, and God gives wisdom, and all of a sudden they have insight they've never gotten before. And they point out that's the Holy Spirit who guides into right. truth. And so they, we really teach that. Again, when we talked about the priesthood of believers is behind that. And so all these parts are teaching and helping believers become more mature um, in, in their faith. 
So that, that's the first three. It looks like we're running out of time, and maybe I can yeah. go to the fourth here after the break. Okay, after this break, we'll get to the fourth one. The fourth one is witness. So, David, what I'm excited to hear about is what these new believers are doing with this information as they go out and share it with their neighbors. Hey, we'll be right back. At Risk Radio. Can you imagine trying to disciple a church with only one Bible? This is Mark Stafford from At Risk Radio, and our contacts in Venezuela are telling us incredible stories about people coming to know Jesus, all the while pastors are missing Bibles for their people. After receiving a Bible from our ministry, one man said with tears in his eyes, no one has ever given me such a beautiful gift. At Risk Radio, in our partnership with SOM International, is working to bring 2 million Bibles into Venezuela. For more information about how you can help, go to atriskradio.com. Welcome back to At Risk Radio. I'm online with David Witt, and David Witt is the CEO of SOM International. Now, David, you just got done telling us about the first three principles of a new church in India. They get together and they welcome. They welcome people who would otherwise not be welcomed anywhere else sometimes. They worship together. And that looks somewhat untraditional. And then they get into the word together. And then with all of that, they go out into their communities and they take the gospel to their friends and neighbors. Tell us what it's like when these Indian believers go out and witness. Yeah. So again, let me just so people aren't getting confused out there. So it's uh, welcome, worship, and then word, and then witness is the fourth right. uh, principle. So the witness time is a time at the end of the t- service. And, you know, many times they'll get together two, three, four hours because they just love being together. Oh, wow. And then they'll end the time where they begin to talk about what is God doing in your life to help, you know, make disciples and be a witness to the community, others yeah. and in need. And instead of the pastor going, okay, you go to the hospital this week, you go to the school, you go to the old people's home or whatever, they're letting them hear from the Holy Spirit. And people begin to share what God has put upon their heart. They said, well, my neighbor got really sick this last week. And so they're asking me to come and pray for them. Right. And um, my, and then in other words, my uncle's seen my life change and they want to know more about the gospel. So he's asked me to come this week. And, right. and they continue to share these. And then lots of people go, oh, I'll join you. I'll pray for you. And so it's, again, it's very organic. It's very, uh, with much freedom, uh, Mark, uh, for yeah. to, that they go through this. And um, and so there's just a strong witness. I mean, the, the power of this network that's over a million people is it, is it just, it's just the church planters who are witnessing. It's right. every disciple because it's the DNA. And so I have a great story. As we okay. mentioned, we usually preload the story. We love stories. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So let me tell you about uh, Tulsi. Tulsi uh, was a woman who got married to, and at first, her first year was fine. Her, her husband took care of her, but then she got uh, very terribly sick and her health declined. And then her husband was frustrated with her and began to beat her and abuse her wow. and rejected her. And she just was deeply traumatized mm. and hurt. And she fell into a deep depression and mm. mental illness uh, that she had no contra- control of her mind anymore. And so she got to the point uh, that she was so ashamed that she desired to die. And she said that she began to strip off her clothes. She had no control. Oh she just stripped off her clothes and run through the forest, sometimes for days. And her parents would try to get her back and they tried to do everything they could and, and give her um, you know, herbal medicines and brought her to a Hindu priest and did all kinds of sacrifice, but nothing helped. But then one day, Tulsi's um, parents heard that uh, there's Christians who uh, were in the area who would pray and that the God, their God would many times heal the people of 
of diseases and problems. Mm. And so, but that was risky. So the family basically had to sneak to the secret church because it was not a church that had freedom in that area. And, um, and they prayed for Tulsi and sure enough, she was set free, came back to her right mind, oh, wow. was healed in her heart, her identity. And uh, that was the act of God's love that brought her into the uh, you know house church movement there god's global grace movement, god's grace on her and they went to that very expression what i was talking about they a, a body of believers coming together doing the four w's just be in the church oh, wow. you know no religious song and dance and you know when they got to the the fourth w right it right. was witness well that was sometimes the witness is right there of the needs of the church and so they were able to pray for tulsi and again the, the holy spirit touched them hmm. and 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 so and one of the things that i think is that as talking about leadership mark is if we want to continue to see healthy maturity and leadership in the united states and, and maturity in the churches i believe the one um of the four w's the biggest missing component to the church in America is the the witness the yeah. the the fourth W uh, right. of really empowering uh, the congregation in America to have a heart to be equipped mm-hmm. um, and to go out and really be a witness a twenty four seven along the path. I don't know what what's your perspective. What are your your thoughts on that, Mark? Yeah, David, I've witnessed that a lot of times churches in the area that we live in really struggle with this idea of witness. I think that we would learn a lot from the Indian church, and I think it's vital that we have some non-Christians in our lives, that we are living out Christianity among those who don't know Christ yet, and to take every opportunity to tell people who don't know Jesus yet about the saving love that we found in the person of Jesus Christ. Now, David, why do you think it is that the Indian Christians are so red hot on fire for Jesus? It's the love of God. It's God's grace that's working in a profound way, changing their lives to very practical and simple means. I mean, you know, in some ways, four, these four W's, not that complex. Uh, you know, when you hear them like, yeah, duh. I mean, that makes sense. Right. And yet how profound it is when believers are getting coming together in freedom, mm-hmm. they, they're working out of the Holy Spirit. There's not necessarily one leader lifted above a, the other. They all have something to contribute. They're all giving and sharing with one another. I mean, it's just powerful. And it, it, I've said this already that, you know, how they summarize it. They're doing life together. Right. Uh, not means that doesn't mean they're spending every second together, but they're in each other's hearts. Mm-hmm. They love each other. They're praying for each other. And they're serving each other as they can. And I think that's what we need to be ready for the global revival, revival back here in the United States, that we get back to the beauty of the uh, simplicity of the church, to right. doing life together, to loving each other, and just letting God work through us by the Holy Spirit to be the priesthood of believers. We want to encourage you as you step out to be a better leader and a better witness in the kingdom of God. At Risk Radio invites you to get involved with those who are risking much for Jesus. You can get involved by subscribing to our newsletter. This newsletter is very encouraging to your faith. It'll challenge you. It's in full color and it features stories from those who are serving on the front lines in the most restricted areas in the world for the gospel. You can sign up at atriskradio.com. You can also help this podcast by subscribing to it, by sharing it with a friend or by leaving a comment. We'd love to hear from you. And lastly, At Risk Radio and SOM International are crowdfunded ministries. That means we're supported as you sign up to be a monthly donor or as you donate in exchange for a book in the bookstore. You can visit the SOM bookstore at spiritofmartyrdom.com. 
Until next time, my name is Mark Stafford, and this has been At Risk Radio. You've been listening to At Risk Radio. For more, go to atriskradio.com. At Risk Radio is a production of SOM International.